Welcome to the Off Grid Podcast with Ralph and Vicki, sponsored by Easton, advancing archery's legacy since 1922. Base Map, number one preferred hunting GPS app. Browning, the best there is. Bass Pro Cabela's, your adventure starts here. Hoyt, get serious, get Hoyt. True Glow, when brightness counts, count on True Glow. The Off Grid Podcast is also sponsored by Alps Outdoors, Delta McKinsey Targets, Muddy Outdoors, New Archery Products, Cyclops, Boss Buck, and Spy Point. Welcome to the Off Grid Podcast with Ralph and Vicki. This time, we're going to be sitting down. We are sitting down right, actually right here at the table right now. Yeah, right? we are. Yeah, with Name the Game Outfitters. We are down here in Kansas hunting waterfowl, and we have had a blast. Garrett, Evan, welcome. Thank you. Yeah, welcome, welcome. welcome. Happy to be here. You know, I, I think what we got is any waterfowler out there is going to want to listen to this because, um, you know, we started waterfowl hunting at a, at a late age. You know what I mean? We did well, a year later than I was. <laughs> wow, damn. And you guys are going to egg it on. You yeah, guys are going to go right with her. Yeah, so yeah. I'm all by myself here. I'm, I'm sinking quick. As long as you don't start singing. We're yeah, good. no, I ain't singing okay. nothing. But, um, you, you know, we, we, we've been to a lot of different places, um, had a lot of laughs, a lot of good times, um, some miserable times. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? But, but, but I got to tell you, you guys, wow, you guys got a an unbelievable team that that's out there that's scouting and we do. and and yeah I, I i don't think have you ever seen no anything? i mean what was really cool was that we know i mean after spending a couple of days with you guys and out there and hunting i mean and seriously we shot over 70 canadas right like in three sits yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that, 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 that's not three a days. lot. Of, that, not three days. Too, and I said Canada, right? Yeah, you're greater, not yeah. Canadians, they're Canada. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. they're big ones. Yeah, yeah the, the greater and the lesser. We they're shot the a pile of Canada geese. Big ones. Yeah, for sure. I mean, over over 70 Canadas and a handful of ducks. A couple yeah. ducks. Yeah. A couple specks. A couple threes. A couple specks. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's an insane couple three sits. I mean, that's anywhere we've gone before we've never done that no no and, and we were hunting conservation the snow geese and we didn't do those no. <laughs> in a lot of places that's a big and myth it, by the way that it's always a hunter bird pile with those yeah. conservation and snow geese yeah. hunts. those are those are tough hunts that's because they, they put 20 down and they just multiply yeah by, you know what yeah. i mean but, yeah. but the snow geese uh, hunts the same way though like you know the when I talked about having a two or three day hunt, a snow goose hunts the same way when it comes to conservation hunts because one day you may you may get into a lot of juvies and right. you may have a 100, 200, 300 bird hunt. Well, the next day you'll be hunting adults, and it's twice as tough. You may only kill 40, 50 birds. Because they're not coming down. Exactly. They're, they're, yeah, they're a lot smarter birds. So that's why I said it's important to have that two or three day hunt, because you may have one, you know, maybe even two days out of that three that just don't pan out. Well, not saying it's going to be a terrible right. hunt, just not going to be as good as the day where you right. just bang them out. You know, let's let let's call a spade a spade. What we've got right now, we're hunting late season. Right, right? we're late January. We're, these right now. birds have been pressured a lot. Oh yeah. From the south, from the north to the south, and everything in between. Right. They've seen everything. And and we're still and you still guys are consistently putting these numbers down. Right. Yeah. Come on, how? It, it has a lot to how? do. You know, and Evan will tell you too. It has a lot to do with how many guys we got scouting. We like we told yeah. you guys before. We've got yeah, dang army. We've got we usually got 15, 20 guys scouting in every direction. 
and then each one of these guys got permission on different pieces of property. So not only are we covering every direction, but we're covering a lot of different properties. And all these guys all week long have got the eyes out, you know, on uh, you know different ponds or fields trying to find big feeds or ponds that are loading up depending upon the weather. So usually by the time we got clients that come in, you know, we got two, three, four, five game plans. Right. Plan A, B, and C. Yeah, it's, it's just not being satisfied, you know. Taking a hunt that could be good and finding one that's better, just in case something happens. You know, right. like the, our, our second morning was a perfect example. You know, it, was, it wasn't a slow day. It wasn't a bad day, but it wasn't the hunt we were looking for. Exactly. Having that option. In it, yeah, and we B. thought we were going to do better. But, like, it goes back to what I said, you know, having two or three days because you're going to have that one day where it doesn't work out. Not saying it's going to be a terrible hunt. We still shot 12 birds that, you know, that, right. that morning hunt. but. You know, we were expecting a 30-bird-plus hunt. It just didn't pan out, and that's hunting. It happens, even though we did the scouting. And, he, and, you know, like we did the other day, even if we do have a game plan for that next day, we still go out and scout just to see if we can find something better, maybe a pond or a field that loaded up that wasn't loaded up the day before. You know, it changes every day based upon, you know, the weather, you know, the wind, whatever it is, whether it's sunny or overcast, what the birds are going to do. So almost every single day you got to keep an eye on them. I thought you were going to say something. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Ralph just looked at me. I started like, scratching. And I thought, oh, he's got something else to say. No. So actually, like like you just said, that is is that morning, that the second morning. Cause right. we, well, yeah, the second morning. Um, and they weren't all there. We, could, we saw them. We saw right. flocks flying further out, but they mm-hmm. just weren't where we were sitting. Right, right, right. And, and, and <clears throat> like we said before, we think if it had been a little bit warmer that day, if it had been a, a warm, sunny day, we'd have probably done better on that on that pond. But we also had a backup plan for that evening oh. if it didn't work out that morning. Right. And so that's what we did. We'd been watching a feed that had 1,500, 2,000 birds on it, and it was cold enough. We knew the birds were going to feed hard that evening. We'd been watching them four or five days in a row, so we knew they did the same thing again, which the weather hadn't changed. So you know, we were going to go in there and try them that eat, and that's what we did, and it, it worked out for us. We ended up shooting 30-plus birds again. Yeah, I mean, that, that second morning, it, it could have mm-hmm. potentially been that, that little bit of a weather change we had from Thursday to Friday. Right. It really made that Got difference. colder. Uh, it made our birds go from loafing and using all those small ponds to trying to trying to kind of group up and use those big roosts. I, I think that pond we hunted was a loaf pond more than it was a roost right. pond by a lot. And the, the birds were definitely, definitely feeding harder and right. harder Right, and when we got there, we showed up and went, oh, there's a lot more birds here than were here yesterday, which right. you know normally you would think is a good thing, but being there first thing in the morning, that means they roosted there, and, and beating up a roost is kind of your, your number one no-no not to do right. and when you stumble upon that situation you don't have a whole lot of other options i mean you can yep. go somewhere right, you're else there. What are you you're there do? right yeah. so right. don't bump that time out of his roots right exactly so it, 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 right it was, and that one you guys had a permanent <clears throat> blind already so we were yeah it was a permanent blind and that, we got out a little bit later because right. we didn't have to set them blinds up that exactly morning. yeah so i mean and you know you're still going to kill some of the birds when they come back it's just you know it, it's it's yeah. not ideal and like we said before i think we just sat there all day Sure. They would have trickled back in there, obviously, because they were going to come back and roost on that pond. But we knew that we had a spot that had 1,500 to 2,000 birds that was a, bit, a lot better option to pick up, grab some lunch, head over there and get set up for the evening hunt. And that's what we did. And as we, you know, as we talked about the other day, is that at first we killed a few birds, and then it seems like a couple flocks on that evening hunt weren't liking something. They, they'd get just yeah, about shooting range. they were kind of flaring out a little bit. They were flaring. I don't know if it was a spread, whether it was a spread um or the blind something they were seeing they didn't like but it was a constant wave of birds so we didn't have any option it's not that we could get out and change things right we were gonna we were gonna burn a lot of groups if we did that so we said hey we're just gonna hunt it out and hopefully some of these birds will do it right and that's what they did throughout the evening we end up having 
you know, 10, 12, maybe more groups that actually did it perfect and actually finished, yeah. came in decoys and did exactly what we wanted them to do. Made for an awesome hunt. Right, but then the, the other thing that happened, though, that afternoon was when we were out there, you, like you guys had said, once they realized, okay, they kind of flared out on us and they would go and they found a different, in the same field, but in oh, a yeah. different corner. Yeah, that's right, that's right. Let's follow the leader almost, yep. you said. Yeah, really, after we, after we started banging them up pretty good and shooting a bunch, after we probably shot 20, 25 birds, a lot of the groups just kept going. They started a new feed at the far end of the field. You can't and, compete with And you can't compete no, with live no, birds, especially no. late season. So after that, every group that came over, not every group, most of the groups we're just playing follow the leader and going, you know, you kind of, you kind of got to, got to pick your poison. I mean, do you right. want to, do you want to mm -hmm. miss out on, on 75% of your flight to take the 30 minutes it's going to take to change the, the decoys, the spread, whatever it is, uh, the blinds, whatever it's affecting their, their movement, or do you sit them out and take the, the 10 to 15 birds you're probably going to kill knowing that you're going to have 1500 birds look at your spread and analyze it. We knew we were going to pick off enough to still have yeah, a good Yeah, that was the good thing. Is there were you so got to weigh your options. There were so many birds that we knew that the birds, that, especially the birds that had been feeding there in the last four or five days, that they were going to want to be in that same spot where we were set up. So we knew that even a lot of those birds were playing follow the leader, that we were going to pull a couple groups, and that's what we did. And we and, did, and we were sure, still yeah. And we were still able to have a, a really good hunt and cheat, what, 36, 38 birds. Yeah. And 40 I mean, birds, I think. What's so frustrating about goose hunting, too, is, you know, you take the time to, to drive and find them. You take the time to even, uh, my buddy's got it filmed. You know, we saw exactly where those oh, yeah, birds yeah. were sitting. I mean, they were Matt 10. Right by right? the train yeah, tracks. Yeah, Matt sent it right to, they were 10 yards off the, the, the grass line. And when we got down there, we realized that was a pond edge and it had some natural cover. And that's a no-brainer. I mean, yep. you think tall grass around a pond edge, it's a good hide. Um, looking back, though, you, you kind of got that silhouette factor. You know, from the, the sky and everything like that, you can see that open water behind it. And I think that may have been what they were picking out on, even though it was a great hide. I mean, those blinds were perfectly camelled. We didn't have well, a you notice there. You notice every group of birds that we had that came over the tree line and got low. Yeah, they loved 10 it. To 15 off the 10 to 15 feet off the ground. They never had no came. issue. They yep. came right, right in the decoys. It's like our high birds that were circling yep. is the ones that were having issues. Yep. But it's, it's just it worked out. Though. Like I said, it worked out, and we right. still had an awesome hunt. So. Now, here's what's cool. You know, we are talking name the game outfitters, and these guys don't do it just on the weekends. They do it full time. So we are learning all kinds of stuff to be right. better waterfowl hunters. <laughs> so we're going to be right back with more Ralph Vicky's Off-Grid Podcast. And um, get ready because we're going to hear a whole lot more on how for all of us to be better at killing these geese. <laughs> From X-Bolts to Satori's, to A5s and Maxes too. The Browning lineup of rifles and shotguns covers every need we have. We've been shooting Brownings for years now and we can honestly say Browning really is the best there is. Go check out their line at browning.com. Welcome back. We're with Garrett and Evan and I'm telling you right now, uh, I'm going to ask you, I got to ask you guys a question. You know, a lot of, a lot of waterfowl hunters out there, um, make mistakes you know what i mean well, we all make mistakes we all make but yeah, mistakes yeah. but what i'm saying you know they only have a couple weekends out of the year how can we help them to be better like any certain tips uh, you know sure, I mean? hey, yeah. yeah i mean there's a lot of factors that go into that obviously but i would say the number one is just just your scout yeah, scout you know i mean the scout just, just like 100%. it comes to white-tailed deer hunting just like any, exactly. any other hunt. I, I feel like scouting is 90 percent of your hunt i mean if you're okay. scouting and you and you find those birds and, and, and see, 
typically we don't just look at a spot once and go, okay, that's where we're going to hunt tomorrow morning. Yeah. We watch those birds four or five days, and if they repeatedly do the same thing every day, we know that you know when we go yeah. on the next day. It's just it, like pattern of deer. I mean, exactly. It's, it's, if they do it for three so, or four days, you're like, okay, we've got a chance to kill this deer. He's being, you know, he's being consistent, just like the birds, you know, geese. If they're hitting the same spot four or five days in a row, feeding the same spot, and you got the exact same weather. The weather hasn't changed. There's a good spot you're going to go in there tomorrow. And you know they're going to come and do the exact same that you know the same thing they did the day before. And I think I think scouting also kind of uh, it helps you out if you lack the ability to do some other things. You know if you don't have the biggest spread, um, if you don't have the ability to call the best, if you don't have the nicest looking decoys, the best looking blinds. You know if the birds are already there and comfortable, they're going to question a lot less, especially on a pond or right, a field right, or like right, that. Right, they're right. they're going to question less. So you can have a guy that just an average goose caller or blows a goose flute. I mean, just beginning, it doesn't matter. If the birds are going to be there, sometimes no calling. Yeah. Um, I, I encourage people to try not to outdo themselves when it comes to goose calling. You know, stay within your boundaries. Make a call that sounds good rather well, than trying to Sometimes late season, less calling is better. Sure, especially on, on calm days birds. or something of that like sort. You, like you talked about with, with uh, goose spreads, you know, sometimes it, it just prime example, like doing your scouting, if you're on the X, if you're, if you're a spot where the geese want to be, Sometimes a big spread isn't necessary. Sure. Geese already want to be there. You don't have to do anything to impress them. Typically, if we throw a, a big spread out, it's typically one we're hunting traffic, so we're basically in a in a flyway, not necessarily where the birds want to be. But there's a lot of birds flying over yeah, that area, so we're just trying to encourage them to come somewhere that necessarily don't really want to be. But they're like, hey, you're just building that confidence. There's a lot of birds over there. We're gonna go check it out. Right. So basically, that's one example. The other ex- example is a big feed. So if you got a big feed where like yesterday, there's 1,500, 2,000 birds. You want to kind of replicate what was there every single day. So you're trying to look, you're trying to make it look like it's I saw, that big feed again. Like I saw, you guys took photos and you had the video, and you tried to replicate sure. what was was going on. Yeah, we, I've never just, seen that. You before. just can't think too much. I mean, why <laughs> not do exactly what you what, saw the real birds? Yeah, you want to make it. You want to make it look as natural. And, and we do the same thing. Scouting a, a pond is a big deal because we're we're putting out. Uh, 45, 55, 65 dozen decoys on, on ponds, which is a huge pond spread for this part of Kansas. And if you look at these birds, you'll have four or 500 birds on a pond, but when they're just loafing on those warm days, they're spread out throughout the entire pond. Right. So, you know, when you look at a lot of guys' decoy spreads, it'll just be... Congregated, just, right? Right the there spot. in front, you know, right where you want them to kill them. And get those decoys spread out a little bit. You know, give them one small area to target. They're going to target those calls regardless. And if your blinds are hidden, they're going to come to that call. So, well, And you got to realize that's what they're used to seeing. They're used to yeah. seeing that, that, that same yeah. setup, the same spread Replicate all the way south. There are all these different states that are being hunted. They're used to seeing that same spread. So change it up a little bit to give them a different look, make it look more realistic. And you also got to watch which way the wind is blowing, which sounds kind of crazy. Jeez. I'm not saying because of scent. Yeah. No, I know yeah. that. Yeah, I yeah, get yeah. that. I'm not, saying, well, I'm not saying that, yeah. but I mean, you guys, that's depending on how they've come, depending on the that's way right. the wind blows, depends right. on how they're actually going to come in to mm-hmm. the blind, exactly right. correct? Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. It's really important on ponds, too, uh, because that will actually decide what side of the pond you want to hunt. I mean, if you're going to shoot them with a crosswind, obviously a, a wind to your left or right would be just fine, but ideally you want that wind at your back and you want to hunt that side of the pond where your wind is at your back. That's going to let them travel all the way. Yeah, about, about the complete opposite of big game hunting. Sure. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. That, that's why I said it. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, not, right I'm, I'm not hunting the wind for my scent control on a goose hunt. Just and, so you know, Ralph. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 Sure you, you understand me, that. You had me going there. I know. He looked at me like, the hell are you talking he, he about? No, he had his wind decator out yesterday. Yeah, I, I, I yeah. was checking the wind just to make checking sure we where the birds were going. We got the wrong wind here, y'all. We're going to get I never second guessed you guys once. It was awesome. No, no. 
But the wind did switch on us yesterday. It did, it did. It did. And it can make it tough. And, and typically, if the wind switches in a hunt, you can take the time, like we said, to, to, to move the spread to adjust for it, um, which sometimes will cause you to burn a couple groups trying to come in on you. Or you can just take shots that you, you, know, you wouldn't... Typically, the birds aren't going to finish, so you'll be taking pass shots. Hey, well, I'm not talking about sky blast them. <clears throat> no, we're, no, no, we're, we're, we're talking not, about no. talking we're still, birds that are circling, that, right. are, that are in range, but they're not lined up, cupped up directly in like the you would exactly. want and, and that's the best part about also hunting out of these A-frames, which we like to utilize so much, because you have the ability to shoot behind you. Um, and, and if you right. if you let people know before the shot's called, hey, get ready, these birds are behind us, it, it makes it not such an unsafe situation where you've got guys... Everyone can... Right, everyone can turn around before the birds come, and you can get situated to where you've got the same situation as you would with the birds in front of you, yet you're shooting out the back right. of the blinds. And what, what, what we talked about yesterday, too, is one of the worst things. The toughest thing that comes to goose hunting is the wind. Like, no wind can be your biggest or enemy. Duck hunting, really? too. I, I feel like sometimes goose hunting, it can be even more difficult. Because ducks, you know, you can put some movement in the decoys. You're hunting water. You can put some movement decoys out there to keep the water rippled. But with goose hunting, especially if you're hunting a field, you got no wind. It's like, it makes everything, it can be literally your enemy. It can make the hunt twice as tough because it's like, one, they don't work as good. They, they nitpick every single thing. They'll come in there and it's like they're nitpicking the blind, decoy spread. It just makes working the birds, you know, twice as hard. Yeah. So, you you know, a good 10, 15 mile per hour win is <laughs> what we prefer. You don't always get it, it but it always makes... question things. You know? yeah, yeah, it makes... Because well, it probably even just, even those full yes. bodies you guys had out there, even a little bit of wind. A little bit of movement make makes, makes the spread look It deadens your calls a little bit. You know, you they're don't hear the echo of the calls blind, so much. Or, just, yeah. yeah, and it, honestly, that wind will knock them down a little bit to where they don't have that overhead view of your vine. They're coming up from 20, 30 yards off the ground from 100 yards out, which makes mm -hmm. them get... More of a silhouetted of the blind versus. And we looked out the last few days. We we had we had good wind. Good wind, yeah, yeah. Which is kind of rare around here. It gets it <laughs> gets right. very spotty. Let let's do a little dose of reality. You know, I'm a dad. You got two kids at home. You don't have a big budget. Sure. All right. You go. You look through the catalogs of Cabela's Bass Pro and everybody, and you see all these this array of decoys. Sure. They're flat decoys. There's, you know, Those uh, are silhouettes. Wind, silhouettes. They're yeah. silhouettes. No, what I'm saying, I mean, but yeah, right. there's there's silhouettes. They're they're just flat. They're not three dimensional. Um, there's shells. There's all this. If I'm gonna start, if I'm a new guy, I wanna, you know, I wanna experience this. I got a couple hundred bucks mm -hmm. to throw towards decoys. What should I be looking at? I, I think Seriously. that's. You've kind of got a couple options there, and you, you got to realize or understand what you're hunting. You know, if you're hunting ducks, a dozen decoys, there's nothing wrong with a dozen duck decoys, especially hunting farm ponds, small sloughs, stuff like that. A dozen decoys for duck spread is just fine. You can you can kill a lot of birds over a dozen duck, uh, dozen duck decoys. Um, goose hunting can be different. I would say pond hunts, you can get away with a dozen goose floaters a lot of times, especially if you do your well, scouting. Yeah, right. Typically, a lot of the geese that come into the ponds, they're they're already coming there. <laughs> Whether their decoys are there or not, yeah, you know what I'm saying. But so. um, as far as budget decoys, uh, we implement silhouettes a lot with our spread, and and that's a big difference between a full body spread and a silhouette spread. I mean, uh, a full body, you're, you're looking at two hundred and fifty dollars plus for for six six decoys and a dozen decoys being over three hundred, obviously, and it's hard to compete against the silhouettes where you can get five dozen for for under three hundred dollars, and that's a, a huge weight off your shoulder for the amount of money you got to spend on a spread so but as far as anyone goes i think it's more so in your scouting and your ability to find the birds and get where they want 
to where you can use the small amount of money that you have to buy a small spread and it'll work. Right. I mean, right. if you get where the birds are, you've got to build a lot less of a picture for them to be there. Yep. Really. Yeah, you'll definitely get more for your money. Absolutely. Yep. Now, everybody understand that because all it's leading back to is the success for these guys all these years here is understanding scouting is the name of the game. Uh, I see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> I am pretty clever. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm slow, but I, I'm, I'm pretty clever. Name the game. I got yeah. that. That was, that was good. That was David, good. Thank yeah. you. Uh-huh. <laughs> so listen, we'll be right back with more, you know, of Off Grid with Ralph and Vicky, you know, Garrett and Evan, and name the game because uh, we're learning more about waterfowl. As hunters and shooters, we often find ourselves at the edge of daylight and darkness, where bright sights can make the difference between getting that shot and a missed opportunity. TrueGlow makes bright fiber optic sight systems for everything, from your bow to shotgun to your concealed carry pistol. TrueGlow also makes a wide range of other accessories for hunters and shooters, quivers, releases, and sights. You name it, all at a great price. When brightness counts, count on TrueGlow. We're back, and we're doing some quacking and some, you know, uh, 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 quacking and honking, 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 honking. And um, I mean, we're we're learning a bunch, and thanks, guys, because yeah, you know, a lot of people, again, they want to participate, they want to try it, but they don't know what to do. Right. And and I I think one of the things you know is save some of your pennies and and call these guys because <laughs> no, because here's what it is is you. Come on a two or three day hunt with you guys. And You're going to learn so much. Sure. You know, just listening to you guys, you know, try to recalculate the spread, you know, saying, hey, something's not working. How, I mean, that happens all the time, right? Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, well, you, you just got to, you just got to adjust upon how the birds are reacting, you know, first, first thing in the morning, usually the first couple of groups, no matter what we'll the spread likes, they usually sure. do everything perfect. You know, if it's, if it's earlier in the morning and as, you know, the morning goes on, it starts getting lighter. You start noticing if you have any issues. You know, yep. there's more light on the blind, more Rain light on the decoys, and and you basically go off the you know the the geese their reaction. You know, you have a couple groups come in and you know a group flares. We may give it two or three groups before we go ahead and make an adjustment, especially late season like right. this. I mean, late season you're going to have birds that just that don't they land. won't land with the live geese, and we we run into that problem so often, especially when it gets warm. You know, we'll have a, a feed of. 50 to 100 birds start to pile up, and you see them coming from the lake, and you're thinking, oh, this is going to get good. They're all going to get in here, and they don't. I mean, <laughs> they, they get 30 yards over the birds, and they just keep gliding, and they find another spot, and they go down by themselves. And that's, well, that's the problem we ran into right. scouting for this week, and then right. we had that little bit of a cold snap, which helped us out a bunch. Well, and you, and you do, you, you notice the difference between each flock of birds. I mean, like I said yesterday evening, for example, I mean, we had we had several four or five flocks of birds that didn't like it and then maybe that that six or seven mm-hmm. flock of birds that came in they did it perfect you know yeah. it just it depends upon maybe that flock you got shot into recently they may be a little more pressured either way you know i'm not saying it's going to work for every group of birds but it may work for some but either way we're always looking for a way to improve the spread oh, based yeah, upon absolutely. how the geese are react on that hunt and sometimes if we got the time between each flock we're going to go out there and adjust things to try to get those birds to work better whether it's putting more grass in the blind or covering something up, or moving the decoys around, to try to get those birds to finish, you know, instead of flaring at 40, 50 yards out. Um, but yeah, you just gotta really just, you know, go off their reaction and 
Well, and, and I think the more we can teach people on, on how to do it properly, honestly, the more it'll help us. I mean, you know, educating waterfall hunters in general to not make the mistakes that we've already made will help us not spook so birds by the time, or spook the birds so bad by the time they get down to us to where our job yeah, gets you're easy. Right. Yeah, you, you never think of that. Our job yes. gets so much easier. So, you know, the biggest things I could think of is, you know, if you don't have a lot of money to spend on, on decoys or something like that, focus on your hide, you know. If you're not hidden, it doesn't matter what your spread looks like or if you have That's no right. decoys at all. That's right. You can sit by a pond and they're going to spot you. But if you put a blind up and it's really grassed in and really camouflaged, you can kill a lot of birds. And like, don't educate them. We talked about how, how much the A-frame has been benefit. That's benefit, changed the game. Benefit, oh, absolutely. Really. Yep. And that's a new thing. I mean, that's the last five, well, you six know, years. Yeah. For, for, I mean, I guess it's been around. For the longest time. Yeah, you have to lay out blinds and stuff well, like but that. The, the, the manufactured nice. uh, blinds that you can put together, throw in your trailer, I mean, yep. putting four A-frames in a trailer and having... 40 feet of, of blind to be able to put up is a just game changer. Well, you know, we talked about for the longest time, the most popular blind out there for waterfowl was a layup blind. Mm. Yep. And hell, we, we mm. used them for a long time and they worked great still for do. a long time. Still and, do. And we still situations. do in certain situations, but it seems like in a lot of field hunts anymore, even pond hunts, our A-frames, especially with having a lot of clients, is a way better hide. It's just kind of, if it isn't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, I mean, right. they're working still, and when it doesn't, we'll change again because that's what we had to I do with waterfowl. Like some of the some of the birds are getting educated; they've gotten educated to the layout blinds. Oh one. yeah, sure. And two, when, when you you got a lot of clients in the blind, I think one of the biggest keys to the A frame is you're able to hide clients that want to look up at the birds, and they can still come. And and having that that using that A frame and the way it's structured and be able to to create that canopy above everyone's heads to where you can still look out i mean you're still able yeah. to look up see the birds and see right. out but their ability to see you is non-existent exactly so we, we could have we could have 10 or 12 clients all looking up at the birds yeah and, and, and big bird and, outfits and, i mean and, you could have right. clifford the big red dog in there and <laughs> yeah. it just doesn't matter and, but, not, and not be worried about the birds seeing us no. flaring versus a layout blind you got guys who got their head out of their blind watching these birds they're that white face are gonna get spotted well, and typically it's gonna flare like them. you guys said you know you guys have people out scouting all kinds of different properties different ponds different feeds the whole nine yards you can't have a pit blind at every single no, spot. No, if we no. could, so I would. These, yeah. oh, yeah. right, right. yeah. these are actually making it to where you almost have that. It's just up above the ground. That's so right. you have it's to set a pit basically. line. Just, yeah, it's a portable pit blind almost, right. even though you're above ground. Right. Because you can hide in those pit blinds and still you, people can look up and see everything. Like you guys were just saying, they can go ahead and turn their heads around. Yeah. Now you guys have this now, but it's almost portable. So yeah, yeah. that's pretty cool. But I, I mean, for the longest... And they look natural. For the yeah, longest time, too. I mean, these blinds are expensive for the most right. part. And... For the longest time, I, I made these. I mean, and I, I saw in a couple of your guys' episodes in the past, you know, you were hunting out of a home A-Day frame yeah. that someone had made. If that's what you got to do, do you it. Do it. Even, yeah. even yesterday, the, the, when we set over that pond, that was a, yes. a homemade A-frame. Yeah. And I said, you yeah. can save a lot of money on these A-frame lines by making your own. Yeah, if you, yeah, and you and don't it, have to move it, absolutely. Right. If, yeah, if you don't, yeah. but I mean, if for you us. you got one pond to hunt, you know, your buddy's, it. you know, farm. And that's it. Yeah, there was just some fence posts out there. Yeah, you can a lot of times some, you, some fencing out there. Cattle panels. You can use posts. You can use T posts. Um, them them hog panels and some wire Snow and, fence. and yeah. they grass them in real good. Yeah. And you got your own homemade, you know, a frame blind that's going to work just as good as the ones that are yeah, expensive. But, but take the time to do it right. You know, I mean, yeah. don't go halfway on your blind. I mean, that's the biggest key I would say is scouting right. and get hidden. For sure. And I'll tell you, just like I treat, you know, setting up our sets. For deer and elk and everything, I take photos with my phone. Sure. You know, yeah. I'll turn the color off or I'll do this. I want to see the depth of the color. You know, you know what I mean. The situation. See what's missing. The same thing there. Just yep. you know, take a few steps back, take some photos with your phone, yep. look at them, and you'll 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 pick out 
things that you could make better. Yeah, if you got a drone like RJ, yeah. we yeah. got to use that. <laughs> yeah, sometimes on the drone, you're getting that goose's oh, point of view. Yeah, what you, things look you like. You go, exactly hey, that. look, this is what those birds are flaring off. Sure. Something's sticking out. You know, you can change it. Another thing, like we've talked about before, is that if, if the grass on our, our blinds ever get, you know, it ever gets broken or it gets old to where it doesn't look natural anymore, we'll take all that grass out and put, and put fresh grass in to make it always look like fresh natural grass you know if you ever look at an a-frame blind next to a pond even if it's short grass it just looks like a clump of grass over there i mean mm-hmm. it looks natural it don't look out of place you know and i think that's why they work so well even if those birds have been there every single day you throw an a-frame up and you think oh there's no way this is going to work the birds pay no attention to it like I, I compared it to yesterday it's like throwing a ground blind up in the middle of the wheat field turkey hunting yep. you put a decoy up in front of it they pay oh. no mind to it uh, like it, but it's 100 percent. you know I've, I've heard a lot of people there's a, a big um I guess battle between waterfowl hunters on do the A-frames work in the middle of fields? And, and I'm talking short disc corn stubble fields, winter wheat fields, pea fields, cut barley fields. Do they work in the middle of the field? I think the answer is yes, they do. I, I think birds get weary to them. And I think some hunts you'll have birds that love them. Some birds won't like them. But the answer is yeah, try it. I mean, and and more so than anything. What do you have to lose? <laughs> well, and the thing about it is, you know, birds are going to feed repetitively in the same spot in the field. So if I watch these birds feed right here on this spot of the field, if I don't have a good hide anywhere around there, I would rather hunt right where they were at than go a half a mile down the street because it's a little bit better hide. And hope. Sure. Well, because yeah. you, know, you know what the birds are going to do. The first exactly. couple of groups are going to go in right where they've been. They're going to land and... Well, like you seen yesterday, it's going to be followed the lead. And, and I mean, that's kind of the situation we put ourselves in yesterday. Now, if I would have done it over again, I would have made the exact same spread with the exact same blind. But I, I do think with that pond kind of silhouetting us right behind us, it, that may have been what they were seeing. But you, you got to take the bird in the hand with those birds landing and being right on the X in the video right there yesterday. Why wouldn't you set up? Right and you could definitely tell the difference between the birds that, that were feeding, feeding there, there versus sure. the ones that weren't feeding there. Yeah. The ones that were feeding there didn't really even question it. They just came right in because they already wanted to be there. Yeah. All right. Now let's talk a little bit about BBs, twos, fours. You, you know what I mean? What's your preference? One shot. I love ones. Ones yeah. are by far my favorite. Ones yeah. and twos, honestly. We've got okay. we, we've kind of done some test trials over the years of uh, you know what does the best on geese and everyone you know people have their argument you know there's nothing wrong with shooting twos there's nothing wrong with shooting double BB but for us uh, over the years number ones they've worked the best for us it's probably honestly over preference I think you're somewhere in the range of double B to two, two shot I yep. would say for a greater, any of those any of those greater Canada geese yeah. uh, triple BB even's a good I yep. mean I've shot those. But in late season, like right now when they get fat. And yeah, got, talk about that. That yeah. was pretty oh, interesting. If you go to yep. clean one of these birds right now, there's a quarter inch of, of just thick fat between that feather and that meat. Yep. And you can tell early season if you shoot um, some of the cheaper shells, honestly. If you, if you shoot... Uh, I don't want to name it. If you shoot some cheap shells yep. at the beginning of the season, you can see where it'll cripple a bird or it will not completely kill a bird, and it's a shot that's 20 yards, and you're thinking, man, what the heck did I just do? Yeah. Right. A lot of that, or I'm sorry, late season when I'm talking about that, with your, your less expensive shells late season, they just won't have that impact and that ability to kill the them. penetration, they don't have Right, it's, it's 100% dependent on your payload, what kind of BBs you're shooting, um, how many pellets you got, so having that two shot and that one shot and having a few extra pellets, because I'm aiming for the head exactly. all the time. Now, those late season birds late can be birds. tough. They can be tough to knock down with that thick layer of fat. And you, like, like you said, when you clean those birds, you can tell. 
they're Later greasy. in the season, it gets that, that thick of fat. It gets so thick that if you body shoot them, you know, unless you're close, it's like a turkey. Yeah, exactly. body, if, if a turkey's yeah, 30 yards or under, you can body shoot it. You're going to kill the bird, no yep. problem. It gets out a little further, you're going to want to hit that bird in the head or neck, right? Same thing with a goose, you know, especially late season. You body shoot them sometimes. You'll see feathers come off, and they'll shrug it. They'll keep flying. Unless you break their wing, you're not going to knock that yeah, bird you'll down. You'll bust a pillow over your head. Hitting the, hit that bird in the head and neck is important. You may get lucky from time to time and break a wing, obviously, but... Um, yeah, late season birds can be tough to knock down. I, I would say lessers, you know, you've got the ability to, to even shoot a little bit smaller BBs if you wanted to. I, I'd say even right, threes or right. fours you could probably shoot. Yeah, but you guys, are, you, you guys aren't shooting many lessers. We don't get them. Isn't that nuts? We do. We do in western <laughs> Oklahoma. But, yeah, here in the northeast Oklahoma, we shoot we shoot. Crazy. If, if, do you know how – have you seen the, the diagrams of how the flyway works with this part of Kansas? It's, no. it's really weird. So you have Missouri, where you have the uh, a lot of duck leases, a lot of uh, standing corn, their ability to hunt standing corn and stuff like that in Missouri. And then west of us here, because we're in northeast Kansas, west of us here is Cheyenne Bottoms, a really, really big uh, national refuge. You've got Squaw Creek to the east of us in, in Missouri. So this flyway kind of kind of just v's right around us and it, and it reconnects kind of down there in oklahoma yep. where he's at that's why typically, the ducks don't really come to us yeah we, we, kill, yeah, we, we didn't see many we ducks kill, at all we get mallards but we just don't yeah get like the, the palm we scouted yesterday had probably 250 mallards on it right. which was you know decent amount of birds but right there that's why typically if we if we guide our you know we book our waterfowl clients as far as duck hunting we'll guide them in oklahoma because right there where i'm at in oklahoma that's where we get but, but you would think of, it's just a, you would think it's a straight path north to yeah, south it's yeah, not. It's think, not. They, yeah they, so right there where i'm at you know that's where we got all of our waterfowl clients or our take that back sorry our duck clients and and we do re- really well on ducks there and then if we you know goose hunt we come up here in topeka uh, around this area in Kansas, and and this is where we kill all of our geese. So. Yeah, which isn't and uh, they're and they're greater geese. I mean, they're, greater so they're not yeah, that small. No, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm old fashioned, but I'd rather be shooting big birds. Yeah, than they're little fun, birds. They're fun to shoot. Yeah. It's, like, it's like shooting a flying turkey almost. Exactly. When, when you're yeah, sitting yeah, in that, they're coming down. Yeah. Yeah. when you're yeah. sitting in the A-frame and you feel them hit the ground. Yeah, like we yeah, talked about the other day. Baby. It's like it's like a bowling ball hitting the ground. Yeah, and some of some of them are, you know. 12, 14 pound birds. Yeah. They're big birds. Oh, and you, when you dump them and, and get their wings completely folded up, there's nothing to stop them from. Oh, it's no. like, it, yeah. Full it makes velocity them, on the way to the yeah. ground. Like you talked about yesterday, we've had, what, two, three inch eyes. Oh, crush it. They just Straight break right through, through it. Which you know? is terrible on our dogs, and it's yeah. scary, not not ideal, which is why we use the ice eaters for that. But, <laughs> yeah, it's. Okay, one other thing we were just talking about before we started doing the podcast, and that was when you, you called the shot. Mm hmm. Explain that, and now remember, we don't have a visual, right? Because that 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 was like, wow, I never thought of it that way. So I think as you're calling, um, you're you're 100 watching those birds' wings and watching watching how they're reacting to what they're seeing because they're gonna look. You can see birds turning their heads. You can see the but but really, you're looking at those wing beats, and if they're cruising down and they're at an altitude that you can already shoot at. So let's say they're 20 yards off the ground. And they're coming directly at you. You've got a wind at your back to where you know they're going to cruise a long ways. They're going to stay at that altitude for quite a ways, and then they're just going to dump right before the decoys. What I like to do typically is I like to watch those wing beats. And until they start to pick their wing beats up and, and increase how fast those wings are moving, I'm going to hold off. But to an extent, you've got to be careful. Because out of these blinds, if, if they're not going to commit all the way to the ground, which yesterday a lot of those birds weren't going to commit all the way to the ground, You've got to realize that if you call that shot about, you know, two or three seconds earlier than what you might 
think you should, they're actually going to flare over the top of you and give you a better shot opportunity than if you had called a little bit later and get them too close to where that wind's going to catch them and they're going to spray out to the sides. Especially out of those A-frames. Like oh, we talked absolutely. about earlier, that A-frame blind makes it makes it to where whenever you pull up on these birds, they don't even know you're pulling it's up It's kind of like being full draw on a whitetail as he's behind a bush. That way when he steps out, you've already got the shot. That's exactly right. So that's you're coming out of that A-frame and, and they, they yep. still don't see you until you pull the trigger. And then they go, oh, that's crap. Yeah, that's right. So that, that grass will cover you basically to where you come out of that blind, they're still coming in the decoy. So they don't even know, you know that you're pulling up on them versus being in a layout blind. Or a pit blind where you're either open the door or swinging the doors open, those birds are flaring off to the side to where you're trying to let those birds get as close as to you as you can to where you get your first because you know that first shot's going to be your closest. Yeah, your, your best one's going to be your first second shot. and third's going to be further out, right? Well, calling that shot a little earlier when you're in an A frame blind when they're coming at you when they're coming at you, yeah, like you like we did yesterday and it worked perfect. He called it he called it out about thirty yards mm-hmm. in front of us to where that first shot's thirty. It's usually like the second shot seems like it gets closer because the first shot you're shooting them out in front of you. The second shot they're getting a little bit more above your head, and the third shot they're almost directly above you. Right. Versus if you waited later to, to call that shot, your first shot would have been maybe twenty, but by the time your second and third shot, you may be trying to shoot over your shoulder. It's not ideal. And really, I mean, although it's not, uh, I mean, obviously I want to backpedal in the decoys every chance you can get, sure. but that's not going to happen. No. It's just not. But that over-the-head shot at 30 yards exposes every bit of their vitals. I mean, you're not shooting a bird in the side where a wing's covering it. I really, honestly, I prefer that. I love those. Other than backpedaling the decoys. Thanks to the A-frames. That's right. Sure, yeah. I mean, and you get that, too, with layout blinds. If Mm -hmm. if you get them in tight and they come up for the top of you. But you can really tell in those A-frames when you come out and you have them grasped really well. Your first shot, they have no idea. I mean, no idea. Like like you said, though, other than obviously landing the decoys, I prefer that shot the best. But the second best shot, I like directly over to where you got the head and neck exposed, plus you can break either one of those wings. Sure. Well, Evan, Garrett, listen, I can't thank you enough. Vicky can't thank yeah, you. Yeah, no. RJ can't thank you. <laughs> Our crew can't thank you guys enough. We've had a great time with you guys. We, I mean, we came here and, you know, just you guys made it happen for us. And, and listen, here's the bottom line. If, you know, deer seasons are over almost everywhere. You got to give Garrett a call because this is, you, you, you talk about season and opportunity. I mean, we had a blast and, and we filled, we filled the coolers and you know, we're coming back if you'll have us. Oh, absolutely. You know I mean? and, and, we'll do this I mean, every year. And, yeah. And, and, and it's not just, it's not just your waterfall. I mean, before we, what you, you do everything. Yeah, you guys I mean, do honestly, everything. that's that's kind of it's kind of where I got my name. You know, I came up with the name Name the Game Outfitters because you know we guide for just about everything. Yeah, you know, we do we do we do whitetails, we do turkeys, we do quail, we do waterfowl, we do hogs, we do predators. You know, we do uh, just about everything. Literally anything you can think of. Exotics. Yes, uh, alligators, we're, exotics. We're, we're, we're Texas. We're Oklahoma, Kansas, and Kansas, Kansas. Yep. and then and even in uh, you know during uh, the summer or, or spring. We do, well, summer we do antelope in New Mexico, and then we do uh, alligators in Louisiana. So we bounce to a few other states that uh, I guide some animals in, but Oklahoma, Kansas, and Texas are my three main states. So if someone wanted to talk to you, book a hunt or anything, what do they need to do? Who do they call? What's the phone number, a website, a Facebook? What do you got? Yeah, you can contact me. Um, you can contact me on my cell phone. Um, should, should I put my cell phone on there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah my cell phone's uh, 918 381 Nine four four five. Say it again. Nine one eight three eight one nine four four five. And like I said I also book a lot of my hunts through uh, my Instagram, which is at Rosh Garrett, and that's R A S C H 
G-A-R-R-E-T-T. And I, I, like I said, I, I book a lot of my clients through there. That's just because that's my personal account is where I, I post not only all my personal hunts, but all my clients' hunts as well. So you can contact me on there. You can DM me, direct message me, and, uh, you know, we'll, I'll give you all the details and I'll get you, uh, I'll get you booked. Well, I can tell you what, we've followed them for a long time and it's the real deal. <laughs> we can't thank you guys enough and we will be back. And you're going to see them on the shows a lot more yeah. because it's yeah, not because, just going to be water we filmed some great hunting this, this last couple days. And I mean, this is just, we're at the end of the hunt. So last night we're, we're driving out tomorrow morning and we're like, we need to sit down and talk to you guys and get you on a podcast. We're sitting so, here yeah. chilling, laughing, looking at photos, talking about all kinds of things, trying to figure out what's next for all of us to hunt together. And, and I mean, the bottom line here is, you know, we, we all know that, you know, money, money doesn't grow on trees. And we want to try to send you to the right places for the right times, and and these guys are the real deal. And we'll and we'll and we'll have a uh, probably by the time probably this time next year or earlier, I'll have we'll have the website done, which will be namethegameoutfitters.com. dot com. Awesome. And, uh, there you go. And you can also get on Name the Game Outfitters Instagram. Like I said, any any of those any of those ways, you can contact me and uh, you know get a get a hunt book. So so remember, awesome. name the game. Yes. And you ain't and you ain't taking that quill that quill lake bird. Well, wait, wait, stop. <laughs> we can't close this because oh this happened. Gosh. Damn, I forgot about that. Son of a gun. Yeah, now okay. you gotta explain because so like, all you waterfowlers, you guys will know that one out of about they say ten thousand, right? Yeah. That's right. The it, quil- quill it, lake. It's, it's called a quill lake goose. And yesterday. And we've killed we've killed a handful of them over the years. We killed one actually. We killed this. That's the second one we killed this year. Yeah. First group. Uh, it almost seems like we're starting to see more. I, I I still think it's because these birds remember where the heck they're going every year. I think we're starting to kill more in this area and see more in this area. Particularly, which I hate to say that we're we're not anywhere near where we're at. But <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Well, we're starting to kill quite a few more around this area. But they're cool birds for sure. No, they're awesome. They're awesome. And if you ever see a quill like you, you probably Google it and and you got to see this and see what they are. But they got a white. Literally got a white band around their bellies, and then sometimes they'll have even white on their on their on their wings as well. Their uh, their I mean, wing this tips. This one does, and this oh, one yeah. does, and, and this one even had. And how about his feet? Had white toenails, and then white all over his feet. Just an absolute. Some of them are prettier than others. Oh yeah. But white this one wings. we killed yesterday was beautiful. Anyway, the short story on it was I noticed it from about a mile out. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I, I I called it right off the bat. Yeah, you did. You said, you know, oh my through gosh, all the years of my one. you know waterfowling. You know, I've taught millions how to do it. Um, you know, and I said, guys, listen, here's what's coming down the pipe. <laughs> <laughs> and if that, you believe that, said. I got property in Florida I need to see. No, I tell you what happened. <laughs> we were sitting in that blind yesterday afternoon, and all of a sudden, Garrett's like, it's a quill, I'll take it, boom, boom. Yeah. <laughs> what the heck? I'm like, I didn't even see the dang thing. Well, it, no, there's, there's, there, 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 there might have been some whispering on the end of the blind. <laughs> oh, there might have been. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Be because yeah. there is a new name, you know, for Garrett. It's called Quick Draw. <laughs> because, I mean, we just, they just said, oh, look at that. You, you could barely hear him, huh, Vic? Yeah. And I'm like, what are we looking for? You know what I mean? And we're like, we're like, we're like, they're talking. And then all of a sudden, boom. <laughs> and he, he, you know, it was really cool because we're friends. So, so understand something. He was really cool. You know, was like, you know, that's my bird. I'm mounting it. <laughs> <laughs> so Vicky and I, we just wanted everyone to know that we saw it from a mile away. We decided not to shoot yeah. at it. 
You know we I mean? thought it'd be really special for us to let Garrett have Yeah, to let Garrett, Garrett have it. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate um, that. You know, so, so but before we close, we just want to let you know that, Garrett, we, we wanted you to have that burn. I appreciate that, guys. Um, I appreciate and, that. That was kind. You know me, I told you we've always been honest. I couldn't have told you what the hell that thing was. You know what I mean? No, it was it funny. Was pretty, we, we had yeah. two birds, Beautiful. We had two birds coming from the back, and I looked. Actually, we, we were working another group. Yes. But we don't know if the, if the other group was going to come in or not. But either way, I looked up, and I seen the big white band, and immediately I was like, oh, it's Quill Lake. And I, wish, I whispered over to Evan, and I was like, hey, Quill Kill Lake. Him. I said, Quill Lake coming around the back. He's like, kill him. So I pulled up before anyone could even think about getting under the blind yeah. and just yeah. roasted I, that I, bird. We, we killed those two birds in about <laughs> yeah. four seconds. Oh, my God. <laughs> I roasted the bird, and I was like, yep, I'm keeping that one. Because, you know, the handful that we've killed in the past, it's always been, you know, with a group of clients yeah, to where no everyone idea. had shot into the group that we didn't even know that the bird was there sometimes we do sometimes we don't but either way everyone shoots to where i'm not gonna go out there and say hey that's my bird you yeah, know yeah. i'm just not gonna do that so i always let the clients take them home and mount them well yesterday i, I shot first to where i couldn't <laughs> oh yeah there was, there was <laughs> no yeah, doubt but, you know like, like earlier in the week earlier the other day though we had like two singles coming in or two you know double coming in yep and but there was like eight or ten still coming so like don't shoot don't shoot and he, he totally screwed up our entire afternoon oh yeah, my gosh. Gosh. yeah i mean there was all those other birds coming in and then he went and shot them and they all just disappeared i, I didn't call you know, i didn't call the shot i swear he <laughs> just did <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and i'm kidding it. it didn't happen that Here's way i was just funny. kidding how high, how high was that bird oh 15 yards. Okay, 15 yards, and before it even hit the ground, he already said it's he knows how to full mount this, <laughs> it's mine, and he had it all wrapped up and ready to go. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we didn't even see it for him. Yeah. Like, but, but, oh, it was, it's it was only so got cool. his fingerprints on it. That's oh, for oh sure. yeah. yeah, his yeah. DNA was all That's over right. it. That's right. Special bird. <laughs> Again, it, we, we can't thank you. Hey, guys, we we, we yes, had a blast with you guys, and, and uh, thanks for coming down. I mean, we look forward to doing can't it. Can't wait to do it again. Well, Absolutely. again, name the game because this is the real deal. And, and uh, wow, can't thank you enough. Thanks, guys. We enjoyed thank having you. you. Thanks, and thanks, everyone, for listening to this, this episode of Off Grid Podcast with Ralph and Vicki. And we hope to have you guys reach out and listen to us again. Have a good night. God bless you. Or day. Whatever it is. Whatever it is. God bless you We're chilling. Y'all.